What's up, everyone? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, golongtd.com. It's greatly appreciated. And also, right at the top here, I just want to apologize for all the background noise on our last episode. We were live at Fatty Beer Company in Kenmore. So Orchard Park, Hamburg, downtown, all sorts of events happening. So we took it north to Kenmore, and it was Dingus Day here in Buffalo, which, if you're not from Buffalo, sounds probably a little strange. But it's a big day, and it was packed. Tried to make do. Hopefully, you're able to uh, learn a thing or two about Bryce Young and the quarterbacks in this draft from AL.com's Mike Rodak. We will absolutely be cognizant of our surrounding sound uh, when we do these live shows in the future. So uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, We have a mailbag up for subscribers at golongtd.com. So subscribers submitted a bunch of questions and we got them answered to the best of our ability here. Uh, I just thought it'd be a cool idea to, to share a little bit from that mailbag here on the podcast. And if you want to get all of the replies in full, you can upgrade to a paid subscription if you aren't already, which if you are, thank you so much. Uh, you can subscribe anytime. It's $8 a month, $50 a year. And if you really want to get nuts, $150 will get you a signed copy of The Blood and Guts, How Tight Ends Save Football, a sleek black go-long hoodie with the single color. Looking at them right now, they're sharp. We'll send that out to you as well and full Zoom happy hour access. So you have the opportunity to throw a drink or two back with everybody we've had on. Jamal Williams, Leroy Butler, Olin Krutz, Vince Williams, Rob Johnson was exceptional last week. The the replay's up for everybody to listen to. He was uh, raw, uncut, uh, shared a lot of untold stories from those wild Bills days. We'll, we'll get whoever you want on. TJ Lang, Jamal Lewis, the great Baltimore Ravens running back. So if you do become a VIP, just let me know who you want to hang out with, and I'll do everything in my power to make it happen because that's what Go Long is about. We want to try to bring you as close as humanly possible to pro football. So in the mailbag, uh, yeah, a couple um, points we'll get into here on the podcast. I really like this question from, from Jason JB, one of our original subscribers. He asked, quote, everyone talks about the best moves. How about the worst offseason move so far? My money is on the Packers trade with the Bears simply because they have, they could have gotten Lamar instead of an otherwise pretty good one, instead of otherwise pretty good roster. So I do like what Carolina is attempting to do here. I think they needed to take a big swing to get up at least a three two and they they are at one now it costs a lot of picks and it costs dj more but this is a team with a really good defense uh, a running game they they had an identity last year they they proved that they there's some talent i guess what i'm saying they they've got the first pick but they're just not this uh roster completely devout of talented players that there there's some pieces to work with so i i actually do like this move because if you're trying to build something short term and long term you have to you have to make a big move up so now they've got their choice Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson um yeah I'm I'm as pro Lamar as anybody I just really trust the people running the show there between Scott Fitterer the GM, Dan Morgan the assistant GM and Frank Reich not just Frank Reich but the staff that he brought in as we've kind of gotten into in the past is loaded you you've got a lot of 
really, really smart people on both sides of the ball. So I, I, I tend to think I would want a rookie quarterback, 22, 23 years old, everything in front of him, your chance to really mold him into the player you envision and the offense you envision. And we're not talking about the class of 2022 where there's Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell. Um, it's pretty clear that Young, Stroud, Richardson, maybe even Levis, maybe even Hendon Hooker. These are quarterbacks with legit potential to – no, I, I like Kenny Pickett a lot. I, I think the Steelers might have gotten a good one there. But there's not just one guy that you're you're banking on moving up. Um, and as Rodak at AL.com got into, boy, Bryce Young is going to be awfully difficult to pass up with you know, the ability to throw the team on his back like he did against Tennessee, against LSU, against Texas. That Texas game was quite telling. Or do you go for the big swing, the 6-4, whatever he is, 250, Anthony Richardson running the 4-4, throwing it out of the stadium. Uh, maybe that is the kind of big swing, big risk you need to take if you're interested in winning Super Bowls. But they've got that ability. So I like the trade. Cost a lot. But this is what you have to do, in my opinion. What I don't like is the state of the Denver Broncos. And I think as I wrote in the mailbag, they basically just dabbed a pebble of near sporn on a massive head wound. Which, side note, sent me down a rabbit hole of looking at old SNL sketches. Massive head wound, Harry, Dana Carvey. Supremely underrated sketch. You know, Mike McGlinchey, if this is the double down that you're going to make with the money, they didn't have a lot of money to use in free agency. So whatever they did outside of Russell Wilson's albatross of a contract, and he's still guaranteed 107 million. And yes, they can technically get out of his contract after this season. But I mean, that comes with just a colossal dead cap hit, 85 million. If you move on from him in 2024. And then he did kind of cover himself with Jarrett Stidham. I mean, maybe there's a point in mid-October where he says, hey, this quarterback who threw for 365 in San Francisco late last year, let's just throw him in there and and, and start thinking long-term. But even then, to just hand a good, not great player, a $87.5 million contract over five years, uh, this isn't even a, you know, a diatribe on how terrible Mike McGlinchey is. He's not. He's he's fine. He's okay. He's solid. And in theory, I guess what Sean Payton is trying to do, and, and Jim Monas got into this a, a few weeks back, he clearly wants a power rushing attack. He wants to run the ball. And Samaje P. Ryan, that was a steal. Didn't cost a lot. You'll get Javante Williams back from in- injury eventually. Wants to run the ball, get Russell Wilson on the move, working on play action. I don't know. I mean, as bad as Hackett was, I think Russell Wilson was worse last season. We were all subjected to the Broncos in prime time, what, five times? So we all saw it. It was brutal on our retinas. Uh, I, you know, we're probably all still trying to recover from the performance of one Russell Wilson. It, he just missed receivers. I mean, th- there were guys wide open and he couldn't see them. He couldn't hit them. So I, I'm not sure that there's really much hope. We'll see. I mean, Hey, a Hall of Famer like Terry Bradshaw, we caught up at the Super Bowl. He he believes, he thinks, he thinks if, big if, Russell buys in, Sean Payton will get the most out of him. But even with the formula that they're they're going for here, I just don't see it. I don't think Mike McGlinchey 
closes the gap on Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs in the division. I mean, maybe they're a little more competitive. You know, as they want to run the ball, they want to do these different things. You're you're still going to have to pass that and take on some really tough edge rushers, especially in that division. That's not something McGlinchey was really asked to do. You know, in San Francisco at right tackle, you know, they've got that zone rushing attack. They want to get you moving side to side. Even when they throw the ball, it's play action or quick game. It's not – it's different. Uh, he, he wasn't really asked to do traditional pass sets routinely. So I, that just seems like a lot of money, I guess is the point. And the Broncos, I mean, this is a quarterback last season that finished 31st in completion percentage, 19th in passing touchdowns, 27th in passer rating. Uh, it was – I mean, hey, you have to give John Schneider, Pete Carroll, the Seattle Seahawks – <laughs> all the pats on the back that you can because they moved on from the Russell Wilson business at the perfect time when he still had value, when you could still accumulate all of these picks. I mean, Seattle, they're in a really good position here to compete for Super Bowls probably sooner than we think. Uh, you know, they made the playoffs last season. Is, is Geno Smith a Super Bowl quarterback? Probably not, but they're they're one of those teams that – if they can find that next quarterback long-term, they're going to be set up for success around that quarterback. And I, I think I want to write on this soon at go long because the best time to take a quarterback is when you don't necessarily need a quarterback, right? If Jordan Love balls out and is everything the Packers hope he is, even if he's a top 15, top 10 quarterback, you're going to see more teams just draft a quarterback at the end of the first round, early second round, when they already have a guy. I mean, Jalen Hurts just took Philadelphia to the Super Bowl. So there's our answer right there. It, it's too valuable. It's too important. You might piss somebody off. Clearly, it messed up Carson Wentz, kind of derailed his career looking back. Uh, so it's going to come with collateral damage in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers, the collateral damage was him obviously holding you hostage two off seasons ago, and now it's messy on the way out. A couple MVPs in between. God, just a... It's so bizarre. I know we've talked about it so much, but it's it's going to come with baggage that you don't really want to deal with. But guess what? That's life. The, the, if, if the decision was easy, it's probably not the right decision. This is a tough, tough decision to take a quarterback when you've got a Geno Smith, maybe a team like Detroit. You've got Jared Goff. I, I love Goff. You know, we... I think that this is this is a quarterback that you can win with. He took a team to the Super Bowl, and with Ben Johnson at OC, with the talent they have around him, hey, he, he could do it again, but why not draft a quarterback and have him sit for a year, two years? We'll see. I think the Lions are a really interesting team at the top. It, it, what, do, what, what do NFL teams really think about Anthony Richardson? So say Carolina, they don't take that big swing. They go Bryce Young. And then say Houston goes C.J. Stroud. Arizona's not going to take a quarterback. So who takes that that risk on? You know, he's not going to have to play anytime soon in Detroit or Seattle. So I think it could get really interesting really fast. And, and clearly there'll be teams trying to move up. Yeah, I mean, I just kind of skimmed right past Indianapolis. They obviously need a quarterback. Maybe the discussion ends there. But do one of those other teams try to move up? Does Detroit? They've got the ammo to do it. So does Seattle. Uh, I imagine Chris Ballard might be sweating that one out. This is going to be a really fascinating draft. I, I think that it's going to be fun to watch because there's, at least right now as we sit, 
April 12th. There's so many unknowns that it, it's going to feed into the drama. And that's what we want. I mean, two years ago, all the reporting suggests this and I, it's kind of well known. Look, when San Francisco made that big move up, they had Mac Jones on the mind. And then a visit to Trey Lance kind of changed their minds. And lo and behold, they take Trey Lance. So things can change, right? They might have opinions on quarterbacks, but those opinions, they can change still. Okay, one more mailbag question. And like I said, you can get the full uh, post at golongtd.com. We got into how will Aaron Rodgers get along with the New York media? Uh, There was actually a national writer. I won't say where. I'm not sure when he's going to post the story, gave me a call recently to ask about this relationship. You know, once he does become a Jet, and all signs continue to point to that, how exactly will that dynamic play out? So I discussed that in the mailbag a little bit. Um, A really good question about just the good guys that I've run across over the years. And as I note in the mailbag, you always have to, you know, hit pause and really – reconsider labeling players as good guys or bad guys because in the media you only get a snapshot you never really know (laughs) somebody could turn out to be a real turd you know somebody that you thought was just an incredible guy happens all the time with that caveat out of the way i really liked how he asked the question um this was yeah steve he, he he really submitted some really good questions steve asked um you know who are the players after you chatted with them or got to know them, you walked away saying the world would be a better place if there are more people like this guy. So I offered uh, five names there that I think you might find interesting. But finally here, let's talk Miami Dolphins. So uh, a Buffalo Bills fan who subscribes, I believe this was David. Yes, absolutely. David hung out with us with Rob Johnson last week. Thanks again, man. Uh, he really wondered, look, uh, what's happening in the AFC East? Are the Jets or the Giants equals with the Bills at this point? I I don't see Aaron Rodgers. Look, he could play heel. He could lean into the vitriol that awaits and the big market and the like. Maybe he just goes scorched earth. We've seen it before. But I don't think that physically he can do what he did even two, three years ago. Right? They draft Jordan Love. He wants to prove a point. He goes and wins an MVP. Well, physically, athletically. He was much sharper then than he is now. He also had Devontae Adams and those built-in reps that he doesn't have now with a Garrett Wilson and the New York Jets, where it sounds like he's not going to be there for OTAs as well. Robert Sala basically came out and said that. Miami is interesting, though, because they proved that they can win a shootout. Uh, they've got the firepower. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, they stress your defense at so many different angles down the field. It's so timing-based when they were at their best. And when actually we took that trip to South Florida for a two-part series on Tua Tunga Viola. And how, how in the hell we went from point A, miserable life under Brian Flores, and it, people are calling a bust and things aren't working out to point B, where at that time he was an MVP candidate. He did lead the league in passer rating. Um, fascinating to see how he got to that point. Even with the skid, Right, defense has figured out what Miami was trying to do on offense and threw their timing off and forced to at a pause, a split second with disguised coverages. And that just threw their timing up enough to where they didn't really have a counter when they had that losing stretch in the middle of the season. I'll say this they came in here to Orchard Park, New York, in the cold, in the snow, and nearly won that game with a ton of drops. Remember early on? several drops from all of Miami's receivers and two has still put up good numbers, still had Miami in that game. They really should have won it. They did not. 
I, I think that offensively, they'll be fine. More on that in a second. Defensively, this is going to be a different team. Uh, they do have legit star power at each level. Christian Wilkins, say what you want about him in the trenches and whatever he's doing in those scrums to Josh Allen. It's not suited for work. We won't get in the, won't get into it here. Uh, he's one of the best D tackles in football. I mean, Jalen Phillips was the best player on the field in Miami's near upset of Buffalo in that wild card game. Bradley Chubb didn't really fully live up to expectations, but he's proven, I think, with the right coaching. And he was with Vic Fangio before. Maybe you do unlock a legitimate, you know, edge rusher who's kicking him off for 15, 16 sacks. Xavier Howard is one of the best corners in the game, and Javon Holland at safety, solid. And then there's Jalen Ramsey. And I think that this is where we go with the conversation. Which Jalen Ramsey are you getting? Are you getting the corner for the LA Rams that was burnt toast against Stephon Diggs in the opener? Or are you going to get the player who actually had a had an impressive season? Uh, I think so often early in the year, we had this indelible image of a player doing something really great or getting burnt like Ramsey was that night. And then we think that's how they played all year. Ra- Ramsey was really great most of the year. Now, he did give up seven touchdowns, um, which was a career high, but only 721 yards, 161 fewer than the year prior. He had four interceptions, and I, when the Rams had absolutely nothing to play for in that season finale, dominated DK Metcalf, um, looked really good in run support, competed. I don't think the compete will be a problem. I, I kind of liken it to a Stefan Gilmore where at this point of a cornerback's career, he's going to be 29 in October. He's going to a really good situation with a really good defensive coordinator in Vic Fangio. He has everything to play for. I mean, these guys have a legacy on the mind, Hall of Fame on the mind. He wants to be in that class. I think that you're going to get one, two, maybe even three more years of Jalen Ramsey in his prime because schematically you can do things with him. You don't even think about doing with other corners. The Rams did it where you can really just have him eliminate half the field. It allows you to get creative with different bodies on the other half of the field. And and Vic Fangio is one of the five, maybe even one of the two or three best coordinators in football. Um, It didn't work out as a head coach in Denver, but because they didn't have a quarterback. Defensively, they were one of the best teams in the league. So back to Tua, it's obviously about his health. One more concussion is horrifying. He cannot get hurt. He cannot suffer another concussion. Had two. Good chance he had three, controversially, right? So he's taking up jujitsu. He's going to try to fall with more grace. We'll see if that helps him. I Look, nobody knows. If somebody tells you they know what's, what's going to happen to Tua, they're lying. Um, those were routine football plays that Tua banged his head on. I was even thinking, is there a way to put more padding in the back of your helmet? I mean, could that help you out if you're Tua Tunga Viola? Maybe. Uh, I, I, it's hard to tell. I There's no way. I mean, it's a violent game. I know we always come back to this. It's blocking. It's tackling until you put the flags in while it's contact sport. Unfortunately, there will be injuries. There will be concussions. The brain at the end of the day is still within the skull jiggling around i mean you could maybe maybe padding helps but i don't know like i can't get past that that analogy of the woodpecker in the first chapter of a uh, league of denial uh, the groundbreaking book and documentary check it out if you haven't the writers just do a fantastic job of laying out look a woodpecker can bang its head against a tree because its brain within the skull over time is meant to do that that's how biology evolved as humans we weren't meant to play football. Um, 
and and that's okay. I mean, I, we we love the violence of the sport. The fact that these are gladiators doing something that we can't even really wrap our own minds around, but I, it's a huge if. Um, I did. I think they did the right thing. They had to pick up his fifth year option for 2024. It's a bargain if he's healthy and he's playing the way he did most of last season. Uh, yet there is that concern. So you know, for Tua's sake, you know. I, I, let, let, let's hope he stays healthy because we know what successive concussions can do. And he sounds like he's determined to do everything in his power to somehow avoid concussions best he can to his ability. If he's out there, if he's healthy, huge, if I get it, I like Miami a lot. I think they're going to be right there with Buffalo. I like bringing back Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson in the run game. Now look, they were really bad in short yardage. One of the worst short yardage teams in the NFL because they're just throwing it all over. They're spreading you out. They're looking for those chunk, chunk plays. Um, so they, they, they do have to improve on that offensively. I, I just really trust Mike McDaniel. I think he's one of the best minds in football and that as long as he's the head coach, he has a quarterback he believes in. You know, Tyreek is saying he's going to retire when his contract's up. We'll see what happens there. But him, Jalen Waddle, they had Braxton Berrios. They, they've got players that can strike fear in any defense. And one thing we can't really overlook, now Tua has a full offseason, another full offseason, I should say, in McDaniel's offense. So last year, he's learning everything for the first time. They're trading for Tyreek Hill. Everything's new. He's trying to just basically get his confidence back, which was, you know, ruined under Flores. Uh, he just kind of beat him down to the point where he was almost depressed as a football player. And now he's he, he's confident. He's optimistic. He looks and sounds like a completely different human being to those who know him best. He's happy in the sport. That means something. So now you've got a full offseason to learn even more. I, I think that they're going to find their counterpunch, whatever that is, schematically. I think they're going to figure it out and be just fine. So I say all of that by adding this. There's still a difference at quarterback. Miami's roster is better than Buffalo's roster. But Josh Allen right now is still better than Tua Tonga Viola. It's a quarterback's game. Push comes to shove. I'd still take Buffalo in the division. But by God, I think it's going to be close. It might even come down to the last week. And I'll, I'll end this podcast episode with this. Isn't it crazy that we just spent all this time breaking down the AFC East and didn't even mention Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots? Who knows what their next move is? Mac Jones is seeking help outside the organization. It's reportedly pissing Bill Belichick off. Options are low at quarterback. If they want to move on from him, we might be looking at another Mac and Zap back and forth charade at quarterback, which isn't going to get it done in this division, in this conference. So, you know, there's a lot to love about New England. Spent some time around Matthew Judon last year. There's there's some players that still kind of embody what made the Patriots great all these years, the accountability, the doing the right thing in the right moment unless it's Jacoby Myers at the end of a game, throwing it across the field. There's still a lot of guys there that you can win with. It's a quarterback's game, though. It always is. And as long as there's that big question mark there for the Patriots, yeah, they, they, they could finish last in this division. All right, thank you, everyone, for listening to the podcast. Again, I apologize about the crazy background noise of Fatty. Uh, we'll work on that. We'll make sure you can... Hear us clearly. More importantly, hear our esteemed guests clearly. That's who matters most. Uh, be sure to rate, review the podcast. That's how we really do keep this thing growing. Um, and look, the numbers are great. Obviously, it's all about the newsletter and everything I'm trying to write over at Go Long. The podcast is just a 
another way for us to kind of interact, connect, and build a community. So if you can just keep this growing, we greatly appreciate it. We will be back with Jim Monas, I believe, Friday. So let us know what you what you want us to talk about. We have a few ideas, but we always want to hear from you as well. We'll talk soon. for when your home becomes too small or when the next one gets too big. At Sandy Spring Bank, we're here to help create personalized solutions for financing your home loan. Whether it's a new home or refinance, renovation or addition, fixer-upper or new build, banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your mortgage. Visit sandyspringbank.com mortgage. Mortgage, home equity, and other credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank, equal housing lender.